we only got about a week until Alabama kicks off and the Alabama Crimson Tide for 2022 are beginning to work on Utah State game number one starting today. Let's talk about it. Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Pretty good mood today. Uh, I'm the only person, I'm probably the only person in the world that looks at it like this, but uh, you know, I consider this the first football weekend because there's college football that counts. Uh, so in my mind, Thursday always kicks off the college football weekend and there is football on TV tonight. There's an Amazon stream game, but there's also an NFL network game. Uh, they're, they're preseason NFL games, but nevertheless football. There is also some high school games being played tonight around the state. So Today, really, to me, is the first Thursday of the first football weekend. Okay. How about that? Yeah, I'm going to start calling you Calendar Man. I mean, you uh, just always. I've got to have something well, to look forward to. I've got to have something to look forward to, and this is it. <laughs> uh, Jimmy, apparently doing this podcast from heaven with the, the whitest background of any any background I've ever seen. Let's hope that's true one day. I I, I can't explain that. I guess it, it, I can, I should probably adjust. Oh, I can I can adjust something. Hey, look at this. Um, look at that. Did that regardless, adjust? Or regardless. That just my screen. Uh, yeah, I'm in a, a blank. An, uh, uh, I'm in a sterile office setting. He's calling from his psych ward. Um, so anyway, Alabama will be uh, at practice today again. The scrimmage of time is done. All that stuff's over. It is now officially get yourself ready for Utah State time. Uh, Utah State will be playing this weekend against, a, a, I mean, just an impotent UConn team. Uh, so we might not learn a lot about uh, Utah State, but I know this. I know Alabama is getting ready for Utah State now. Uh, Jimmy, any notes from practice you can give us? Uh, well, uh, my uh, on three uh, – Team reporter uh, Clint Lamb noticed something uh, interesting. I have yet to see it myself because I've been so busy doing this uh, recruiting stuff I'm working on. But uh, I'm, I'm about to watch the video shortly and probably comment on it. But apparently from practice video yesterday, Clint was able to glean a look at the first team offensive line and Cohen was out there and not Randolph. And is I mean, does that mean anything officially? No. Uh, is this huge news? Maybe, but maybe not. Uh, again, all, all we have is a video and a photo that just shows Cohen lined up there. Uh, and that's interesting because, as we know, Kendall Randolph has been the first team left guard through both scrimmages, or certainly has played the majority of the snaps of the ones. So that's uh, super interesting. Uh, I, I personally believe Cohen will be the left guard for the majority of the season. My best guess as to why Randolph had been out there was due to uh, Cohen missing so much time this summer. Uh, away from the team with his uh, mental health uh, issues uh, that he has uh, addressed, and, and and that he may have fallen behind conditioning-wise. Uh, you know, he's away from his team for over 30 days. Uh, I doubt they have a fourth-quarter program at the wellness center he was attending. Uh, I doubt it. So 
Uh, I, I think Cohen will be the left guard, so I'm not shocked by this, but it's certainly very interesting. Uh, if Randolph is not starting, then is he going to be the Swiss Army knife guy? Basically, the backup offensive lineman at four positions and maybe even a guy that throws his hat in at tight end in some formations. That's super interesting. And as we know in the past, Randolph's pretty good uh, when he comes off the bench and as that second, third blocking tight end role. Uh, he's really helped the team there. So that's sort of the interesting stuff from practice. Uh, but 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 today we're, we're recording this on Thursday. Nick Saban said last night they uh, will take a look at, at Utah State today. They will start uh, planning for Utah State today. Uh, they're a spread team. They play a little bit like Mississippi State, I think, in terms of how they line up and play, taking a look at that. Um, and, and, and I would call them a spread team for sure. Uh, so maybe prepping for Utah State will help us prep for other teams we face down the road. Uh, Jimmy, Nick Saban had some interesting things to say at his press conference yesterday. Um, one of the things he said, which was just, I mean, kind of uncharacteristically, why did I just say that like I had a Spanish accent? Uncharacteristically um, positive, optimistic. As if Brian Kelly has moved to Mexico and become a soccer player. <laughs> My family. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Nick Saban, after watching scrimmage film yesterday, said this, I do think we made significant improvement in a lot of areas. And again, that that's typical coach speak for anybody other than Nick Saban. For Nick Saban to say it means we legitimately made improvement. I mean, I think coaches love to either say we stunk it up today or we improved a lot today. They go one or two routes and they don't give you a lot of stuff. Uh, for, but for Saban to say it, I think it means a little more because he's always thinking about what else can be done to improve versus actually saying there was improvement. Well, I mean, I, you know, he's never going to rest on, on on where he thinks the team is. He's always going to be pushing for improvement. It's kind of funny to me. I, I mean, it, I was reading between the lines, but when he comes out post scrimmage and and, and, and his criticism is, is, is to the backup players. Uh, now that that's so Nick Saban, he's got to find something to be upset about something to push the team forward. And he couldn't find anything really to say about the starters. You know, he couldn't find anything to complain about with the first team offense and the first team defense. Uh, so he has to find, you know, something. And in this case, he, he, he lowered the boom on the backups. And, and now he's watched the, the scrimmage on tape and, and now he's having an even harder time uh, coming up with criticism. So that's all good news. But let me tell you guys, it's so easy as sports fans. I think every fan base does this, Alabama certainly. It's so easy to focus on 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 you, on us. It's it's our quarterback. It's our offensive line. It's how we play. We're going to dictate this. We're going to dictate that. You want that attitude on the team, uh, and, and and the fan base. It's less it's less smart, but on the team, you want that. You want the team to believe that if they if they control the controllables and play well, they'll win the game regardless of what the other team does. That's what you want to believe. But in reality. The other team has good players, too, and I'm not necessarily talking about Utah State, although they do have good players. I'm just saying, you know, football's tough. Alabama could – I thought Alabama played pretty well in the national championship game, for instance, um, especially in terms of the personnel that, that we were left with and who we were playing. I thought Alabama played pretty well, but Georgia was just a better, more complete team that night. Uh, that could happen this year uh, in the sense that uh, you lose a couple of players or – 
you just play Ohio State on the night they play their best game of the year. You play Georgia on the night they play their best game of the year. Uh, sometimes the other guy's pretty good, and uh, you know sometimes you just have to to tip your cap when when the other guy's you know a really good player. It's 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 funny we can do that when it comes to some individual matchups. Like if we have like for instance Sauce Gardner, pretty much shut down Jameis Williams. I mean that was impressive. Uh, well, sometimes you play a team that's got like eleven Sauce Gardeners over there. Yeah, um, the all very true. I just found it at least intriguing. Nick Saban seems so upbeat, and it just continues the theme from the summer where he just feels very good about this team, and therefore I think we should too. Jimmy, I want to tell everybody about Built Bar. I mean, look, these things are absolutely delicious. They're nutritious. They taste like a million bucks. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Are you ready for this? Delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite, Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs. They have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All of the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKEDON15, get 15% off that order. That's promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off that order at Built.com. They really are good. They really are good. Those uh, cookie dough ones, ooh, daddy. Um, okay, so Jimmy, here's something. I'm gonna go off the beaten path a little bit here because you just did some film work on Sarah Land um, out of Mobile. They have two dudes down there, legitimate total dudes, Ryan Williams and KJ Lacey. Uh, Ryan Williams, a, a receiver, KJ Lacey, his quarterback. Both of them put on a show the other night for Sarah Land. Um, these guys are, they're already in the, I think both of them are already in the top 100 for 2025. I think uh, well, Ryan, Ryan Williams is. I don't think KJ Lacey is, but okay. he's just not yet. <laughs> it's early. It's coming. Yeah, it is. It, there's no doubt about it. Um, he he's a he's a thing. And look, he's playing for a, a wonderful program down there in the Mobile area that is loaded with athletes. So you watch some tape on these guys and you did a report on it for on three. What do you think about them? Because I think a lot of people believe both of them will eventually end up at Alabama. Uh, for one thing uh, that's interesting, especially those who follow high school football or high school football recruiting in Alabama, Sarah Land has a sophomore class, unlike anything I've seen in years. Uh, I think there is maybe, and I'm trying to be conservative because other guys will emerge down the road, but assuming none of these guys transfer out, I think they have about five SEC players in that sophomore class and five or six others that will play college football and, pro and division one college football group of five or power five. Uh, that, that's how many it's 10 or 11. Just like you gotta be kidding me. They're all in the 10th grade. Uh, again, uh, headlined by Ryan Williams and KJ Lacey, the wide receiver and quarterback. And, and they're the ones who are the best players now, along with the running back, Santay McWilliams, who's, fantastic just a little small I, I, I you know Alabama hasn't really signed small backs uh he is small but boy, he is good and when I say when some people go always oh, small and they immediately turn off the show because they don't care about him he has a Michigan offer so uh and that's not his only one I think he's got Arkansas he's got a handful of other SEC offers all based off his ninth grade season uh and he's going to get bigger I mean 10th grade backs add weight so he'll get bigger 
but uh, boy, Ryan Williams is the show. I, I, I've compared him to Devontae Smith, which is so unfair. I mean, that's so unfair to the kid, and, and I hate doing it. But see, all my comps are based on size and speed and athletic skill traits, and I want to compare him to an Alabama player. My The people that listen to me uh, are Alabama fans, so I want to do Alabama comps because they're the ones we all know so well. And when I say, Luke, 6'1", 160, 4'4 uh, four, four speed, and his best trait is how easily he gains separation from whoever's defending him, your mind automatically goes to Devontae Smith, right? I mean, that sounds exactly like Devontae, uh, and, and his game is, is is pretty similar. Scary to think what Ryan Williams might be in two years. He does need some development. There were drops. There were a couple of bad plays. Uh, he could use some weight and, and strength. Uh, and, and most most importantly, he could, lose, he could use next-level tutoring, I mean, in terms of his routes and cutting his routes off and – and and uh, and again, catching the ball, he, he had, I know, two drops. It might have been more than two. He was also robbed on a play where he made a great sliding catch. The referee called incomplete, but the replay showed he, he caught the ball. Uh, so he was robbed of that four touchdowns. And, and again, one of the things that impressed me, you hear me say this all the time, guys, is it's not that you've put up the production. It's who you did it against. That means everything in this sport. And And he did it against Daphne which everybody knows is a good team. And now with that, Daphne, this is odd for high school, Daphne returned eight starters on their defense. You don't normally see that in big-time high school football where eight starters are back. So it's a veteran defense, not full of SEC guys, but most everybody that starts at Daphne is going to play college football somewhere. And Ryan Williams' production was through the roof, even against those guys with a wet ball. It was a wet game. It wasn't pouring raining, but it was wet. And uh, gosh, what a player. K.J. Lacey, too. I could do a whole show on him. Amazing, amazing quarterback. Uh, I have to compare him to Mahomes a little bit just simply because he does something that Mahomes is famous for, and that's K.J. Lacey has some sort of thing in his brain. He knows to change arm slots. He goes, people on video can see this, he does throw it over the top, but he, he also, his primary release point is a little sidearm. And on some plays, he will literally go even lower and throw it completely sidearm, almost looks like a submarine pitcher. And, and the ball gets out so quick. What's amazing about his arm is even as he changes arm slot, the velocity doesn't change. He, the ball flies out of his hand uh, accurately, whether he's in the pocket or rolling out. Uh, that is freakish arm talent for a 10th grade kid. Now he's small. He's small. He's listed in about the 6'1", 185 range. You know, I've seen KJ in person at QB country. Uh, I, I mean, I, I'll tell you, I, I think 6'1 is a stretch. He's probably six foot tall though. And he does have, uh, I bet his dad, his dad's kind of a taller guy. So I think KJ's going to grow late and not be just a small quarterback. But I, I don't care how, how big he is. It, he it, Changing those arm slots, that arm velocity, his premium athleticism. But just like Bryce, Luke, he has opportunities to where his one read isn't open. He can tuck it and run and probably run for 30 yards. The kid practically refuses to run. He doesn't want to run. He wants to stay in the pocket. He wants to stay behind his offensive line. He wants to make the plays with his arm. 
even though you know he's highly capable of doing it with his legs. Uh, so he's a lot like Bryce that way. He's a lot like Mahomes in that he changes the arm slot and still has freakish arm talent. Uh, I, I think he's an amazing player. Uh, Alabama can, can sign the best quarterback in the country, so I'm not going to project right now that K.J. Lacey ends up an Alabama quarterback because Alabama recruits that position from one coast to the other. But, hey, the reason it's relevant to Alabama is, hey, K.J. Lacey is either going to play for us or against us. That, that's very true um, and very scary. I know I, I was trying to unmute very quickly in my mouth. Hey, you, you did it. You did it. I wasn't even sure. Okay. <laughs> you, I saw you sort of give a – thought like you a, were – thought it was going to be a mute situation. <laughs> I should have given you the benefit of the doubt there. <laughs> Let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we want to talk a little Alabama recruiting basketball news. All right. So Alabama should be getting some good news tomorrow from a point guard – uh, from Grissom High School in Huntsville, R.J. Johnson. Um, look, he's o- he's only a three-star. Have you seen him? Uh, have you seen I'm him? Sorry? Have you seen him play? I, I have not seen him play, no. I've seen highlights. I've not seen him yeah. play. Right, um, I'm just curious because I know you go to the Final Four games, and I think Grissom's normally pretty good, but but I, I, I don't know. I don't think they were in the – man, the, those uh, – the finals every year sort of end up running together. Um, right. I don't believe they were in it last year, if memory serves. But um, there have been some folks who were, you know, a little bewildered at the fact that we were chasing after this kid uh, because they did see him last year and they thought, hey, pretty good, but not great. Um, but apparently he went on a summer circuit and did very, very well. He's improved his shot a lot. Um, he comes from a powerful program uh, and arguably the – best place to play high school basketball in the state of Alabama in Huntsville. So I'm for it. I'm, I'm here for it. I, I like him. Um, I think he is going to move up the rankings uh, somewhat. I don't think he's going to be a top 50 guy, but I think he could be a top 125 guy when it's all said and done. He's like number 187 now. So um, I think that can happen. And look again, I'm all for every now and again, I think we have to sign some dudes that can be developed, stay in the system for a little bit. And then by the time they're, you know, late sophomore, junior, senior, they're really solid and good contributors that, no, he's not going to be Brandon Miller. That's okay. Um, I think we need some glue guys like that. I'm not saying he can't be a superstar either, uh, and I'm also trying really hard not to justify this uh, and just because it, it, it gets tricky, right? I mean, we can't sit here on one podcast and just as I said yesterday on the pod say, you know, I went on a Montgomery radio show with another Auburn fan or an Auburn uh, locked on Auburn host and said, Hey, if I were an Auburn fan, I would be in full blown panic mode based on recruiting and then say, Hey, well, but when Alabama takes a three-star all as well, um, it's obviously uh, not, I'm not going to call it a backup plan, but it wasn't necessarily probably our first option. Um, But that's okay. Sometimes you miss and you circle back and Nick Saban does this. And uh, look, this guy did have a Georgia committable offer. I know Georgia may be the worst program in the SEC right now, but they are in the SEC. So I think there's some uh, positivity to that. I like the fact that he's from Huntsville. I like a lot about this kid. And again, I'm not trying to sell him as a five-star. I'm also not trying to undersell him. I'm going to call it just what it is and say he might not be an immediate contributor, but I think he will eventually be a contributor. 
How about that? Yeah, I, I'm not going to criticize anyone that that, that feels the need to uh, be negative about this or rant about it and say, oh, boy, it slipped. Our recruiting's terrible. We shouldn't be taking this guy. If that's the way you feel, that's the way you feel. And, and I get it. I'm not even going to argue because, I mean, I think it's a valid point to be made in the sense that if you if you listed every high school player that Nate Oates has signed at Alabama, R.J. Johnson might be the lowest ranked of all of them. He might be. I'm, I'm not as photographic memory with it as I am with football, to be honest. But uh, he, he might very well be the lowest rank, rated high school signee of, uh, of, of all that Nate has signed at Alabama. So that's, uh, you know, I'm not going to say alarming, but if that's what you want to use, that's that's OK. Uh, he is, a, 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 I think, 197 on the on three consensus isn't ranked by on three yet. Uh, I, I do agree he will go up because he has three SEC offers now, Alabama, Georgia, and LSU, to go along with Wichita State, which is a pretty good offer. Um, so, you know, it doesn't seem to be a great score. That seems to be a, 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 a problem when, when I've read uh, scouts' opinions of him. Uh, I try to read between the lines. It's like what they don't – look for what they don't say or how they say it. And, and in reading between the lines, I get the feeling that his shot is – a is a question, which is, uh, you know, not ideal for a guard, but okay. So that's all the like bad news. Here's all the good news. I think we're all excited to get Mark Sears, right? The transfer from, from Ohio, who's also from North Alabama originally, this kid is better than Mark Sears was at that time. He's a better prospect than Mark Sears was, uh, coming out of high school. Uh, that's a fact. I mean, that's not even arguable. Uh, so there's that. Uh, number two, we don't have to take him. We don't have to take anybody at all. Most of the team, due to the COVID year, can return. We're, we're not like, gosh, we're going to be five guys short. We're desperate to sign bodies. No. We also run a very specific system on offense. It's a specific system. And we ask a lot of the players defensively. It could very well be that Nate Oates now studying this kid's game feels this kid is a fit. In other words, yeah, he's ranked 197, but he wouldn't be ranked 197 in terms of how you would rank kids that fit into what Alabama does. So there's all that, the fact that he's an in-state kid, and the fact that not everybody you recruit, you recruit to be a starter that plays 30 minutes a game. Uh, that's going to shock some people to hear that. But what I'm telling you is, as a rock-solid fact, you recruit a team. You don't recruit three starting lineups. You do sometimes recruit a kid that you, you see as a role filler. And to me, this kid is such a big, thick body for a guard. He's such a good athlete. He looks like a football player when you're just looking at him. Uh, I think maybe it, it could possibly be that Nate's like, you know what we need? We need a shut down perimeter defender, a kid that I can like really focus on and just focus on turning him into a physical run the floor up and down defender and uh, I'll get my points from somebody else that that literally happens we we're not every kid you recruit is because you feel they have a chance to be the SEC player of the year yeah um you know I think the Mark Sears comparison is a dang good one I wish I had thought about that um and just as we close the show out this has nothing to do with Alabama but boy if you couldn't see this coming Chet Holmgren is out for the season due to a foot injury. I mean, I mean, I'm not 
pulling for the guy to get hurt. I like him. I like his game. He was a bit frail. He looked a bit frail. You can't be 7'1", 7'2", and 168 pounds. I mean, it's just – and I know he weighs more than 100. I think he weighs more than 168. I'm not 100% sure. I hope so. That's what I weigh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I really – Boy, if if everybody's got just one little old minute here, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a I'm gonna I'm gonna type in Chet. Uh, this is good uh, podcasting. I'm gonna put in Chet Holmgren um, weight height and see what comes up on the old Google Google later. Timmy, he's seven feet one ninety. That's that's just and, and look, skilled, highly skilled. No one look, no one doubts. Look at me. I'm 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 thin for for my I'm six five. I'm my, you know, I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm not bad shape, but I mean, I got a little dad bod. It's not, it's a little dad bod, but I'm, I'm 250. I'm 60 pounds heavier than that man. That's, and, and, and like you said, it's predictable. You know, I had an NFL scout tell me once, it made so much sense. You know, I asked about injury prone player. We had long discussions about the NFL and, and how they look at some things. And, and he did say that in the NFL anyway, which is not the NBA, but in the NFL, they're very uh, – they look at the size of – there's a lot of studies about joints. Your knees, what your knees can take, what your knees can take in terms of pounding. And, and some players, they evaluate as major injury risk, even if they weren't injured in college. You know, because we tend to think of the injury risk as a guy that's been out for the season two or three different times in his college career. Sometimes NFL scouts just look at that and they go, well, that's bad luck. But then they see other guys who've been healthy for four years and they go, that dude's going to get hurt in this league. And it's not all about skinny, but it's literally about joints and, and stuff over my head. So I just say all that to say, me and you aren't surprised Chet Holmgren is, is hurt. I mean, he looked like, how's he going to play in that league? Uh, it really does look that way. Anyway, I just found that interesting. Alabama did play Gonzaga last year and Chet I wonder Holmgren. now that he's not playing football for the – I mean, now that he's not playing basketball for the first time in his life, Luke, now that he's not playing. So now he's going to be kind of bored, and he's probably going to do things he's never never done before. And I wonder if one of the things he's going to do is go like, wow, a cheeseburger. Never heard of these things. What do you well, mean there's there's a delicious. lunch and a dinner? There's <laughs> – Three meals Three a day. Three. Get that boy some built bars, like a lot of them. Uh, anyway, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you guys for watching. Appreciate you so much. All the absolute best. Uh, the subscribers keep going up, and Jimmy and I keep keep on smiling. So uh, thank you guys. Roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.